Hello, and welcome to the Van Life Lab podcast, where we're all about exploring the trials and joys of van life. I'm Kayla, and today it's just me again, um, continuing our mini-series on successful van life in Central America. So today, we're moving right down the chain from Mexico into Guatemala, and next up would be El Salvador, if you're heading south. Um, you could go into Honduras, in which case, skip ahead to our Honduras episode, which will be coming out at some point after this one. Um, you could also go to Belize, but I did not go to Belize, so we do not have a Belize episode. Today, I'm coming to you from uh, a street-side parking spot in Mexico City. I just got booted <laughs> while I was inside of my van because I thought that the giant P um, sign a half block ahead of me meant that you could park there. It turns out it means paid parking. They would not take it out. So I had to go pay $60 and get the boot taken off, and I'm a little grouchy about that, but we're going to podcast and make it feel better. All right, so as with our past country highlight episodes, I'm going to go through border tips, general road information, highlights, lowlights, words of caution, my favorite camp spots, my favorite hangout spots, miscellaneous tips, and one story. So we'll start with the border into El Salvador. Um, so far, my experience getting into El Salvador has been pretty smooth in all directions. I have come in southbound from the south, from Honduras. I've come in from the east, from Honduras. And I have come in from the north, from Guatemala. Probably the smoothest borders in the C4 countries, well-organized. The big thing to know is you are not supposed to enter more than two times per year with the same vehicle. So um, I was able to talk my way into getting to enter a third time in a calendar year, but technically you should only enter twice. So you follow the same as everything else. Um, you go in to do your migration and your customs check out of the country you're exiting, so either Guatemala or Honduras. Then you go through the um, check-in process migration for... Um, for El Salvador, that should just be your passport. Then you go through Aduana for your car. That is going to involve showing your title. They may come inspect your vehicle briefly. And then off to um, agriculture, quarantena if need be for your pets. General road info in El Salvador. Overall, things are in good shape. Um, there are definitely access roads that are very rough. Um, a lot of my favorite spots can be tricky, but I was able to make it up there in an unmodified 2006 Sprinter, so you can probably get up there on on your own. Um, things do get worse during the rainy season, though. Heavy rains have big impacts on these roads. And then do know that in a lot of the smaller cities, um, you know, they're narrow, potholed dirt roads. Um, but really, overall, like the highways in El Salvador are pretty solid. There are a couple bad ones. Uh, there's actually there's just one bad section if you're trying to go to Lake Ilopango coming from San Salvador. The road that kind of hooks, hooks around the lake and kind of skirts that volcanic um, caldera, I suppose it would be, uh, Cordillera, I'm not sure which, I don't know volcano parts, um, that road is horrific, but it's notable because it's kind of the only one that was that bad. So um, highlights, I spent a ton of time in El Sunsal, and we'll talk about that um, as uh, when we get into our favorite hangout, but... Um, it's an amazing surf spot. It's a great place to learn and a great place if you're very skilled. It's, you know, just peeling left-hand waves as far as the eye can see off of a really nice point break. So it is a long paddle, um, but, you know, I don't need to get into the surfing too much. It's great. Um, truly world-class and very worth it. Um, I'll get into where I stayed and some local tips for El Sunsal later in this episode. 
The other highlight that I would really recommend checking out is Volcán Conchagua. So that's kind of in the southwestern tip of the country, um, as if you were trying to drive through the ocean to get to Nicaragua. You can go, drive up to the top of it. We were, again, able to make it up in Saga. Um, it's a it's a rough road. It's very narrow, very steep cobblestones um, and lots and lots and lots of really intense switchbacks. So there was a couple times where we had to, like, stop and back up a little bit to let someone else pass. And, like, I'm kind of going up being like, geez, are we going to – if we stop, are we going to be able to get going again? Um, but we, we were fine. Um, and it's cool up top, which is a huge plus in El Salvador. El Salvador is an oppressively hot country. So camping up top, Conchagua, is a huge, huge must. Um, and watching the sunrise, you can watch the sunrise and set kind of over this bay. And you can see both Honduras and Nicaragua from the top of there. So it's really, really neat. I would also really highly recommend visiting the El Mosote site and also Perquín. So... El Mosote is the site of a massacre that happened early in the Salvadoran Civil War. Um, it is bleak. It is a very intense, challenging place to visit. But um, one of my favorite camp sites in the entire country is nearby, um, which we found because I wanted to go to this historical site. And it feels very important um, in a country like El Salvador to be familiar with that history and to go there. And then what I actually enjoyed a little bit better was from there, it's not too far. So we visited both of these sites in one day to go to Perkin. And Perkin was um, the kind of epicenter of a lot of the resistance activity during the Civil War. And you can see um, there's a museum that is run by guerrilla fighters. So you can actually go and talk to them and um, go through this museum. You can go into the bunkers that they used during... Um, during bomb raids, and you can also see where they recorded Radio Venceremos, which was the rebel radio station that was a huge part of the Salvadoran Civil War. Um, really cool. We spent quite a bit of time talking to the guerrilla fighter slash um, tour guide there. And it, again, very intense, very powerful, um, powerful spot and beautiful camping nearby, which again, we'll link in the show notes. That's called the Rio Sapo. And then the other big one that I really enjoyed was Ila Metepec, um, which is also called Santa Ana. Um, and Ila Metepec is a big old volcano kind of up towards the Guatemalan border, um, so kind of northwestern El Salvador. But again, this country, so El Salvador is like 8,000 square miles. It's like the size of Connecticut. So you can get from one end of the country to the other pretty easily on in weekend trips. You know, driving's a little slow, but it's a small country. So anyway, um, in Lametepec, um, you do have to hike with a guide it, just as a regulation. But again, you can camp at um, there is a campsite called something Tibet that is mo kind of most of the way up the access road for the park. Um, you can get pupusas for like a dollar across the street in the morning. And then that is the meet point to get started with any of the guided tours. The first time I did it, we were the only ones on the tour and it was awesome. Our guide knew a bunch about birds and we, you know, cruised, had a great time. The second time we were in a much larger group and we actually talked our guide into losing us. And um, we escaped and did the hike on our own, um, which we actually had to do for some other scheduling reasons. Um, and the, the group was very slow. But anyway, it's a it's a medium hike. It's it is steep. You're going straight up a volcano when it's hot. It's sunny. So I'd really recommend getting going early as delicious as those pupusas are. Got to get going. And then you get up there and there's this like giant bubbling toxic lake that you can look down at. And it's just it's just really sweet. It's a really cool hike. Very much so worthwhile. Um, 
And then you could kind of make a, a week or a weekend out of it. There's a big lake nearby um, that you could go visit and, you know, hang out and do boat stuff, I suppose. Um, I didn't do much of that. I spent most of my time either in the mountains or on the ocean. Low lights, again, El Salvador is just so hot. Uh, just oppressively, oppressively hot. Um, always. Like, they call it invierno and verano, which means, you know, summer and winter. Um, but invierno, winter, winter is really just <laughs> hot, but with rain. So there's more mosquitoes. And sometimes you cool off because it's actively raining. But as it's, like, getting ready to rain and the humidity is building, it's actually worse. Um, and the mosquitoes can be pretty bad. Um, we actually, the worst that we got in El Sunsal were not technically mosquitoes. They were these little noceums that would get you, especially on the lower legs. So I'm not sure if they were even flying or maybe jumping little things, but they were pretty bad. Words of caution for El Salvador. So I spent my time in El Salvador between December of 2022 and July of 2023. It is really important in El Salvador to keep up to date on what's going on with the president, Nayib Bukele, or, you know, if you're listening several years in the future, he may no longer be the president, but may not because he is working on becoming a dictator. That is uh, not a controversial statement. Um, and the country's gang violence situation is much more under control right now. I felt very safe in El Salvador, traveling solo as a woman. Um, didn't really have any problems at all. Um, you know, you're still, you're aware, you know, you are traveling as a solo woman um, and you are in a country that until quite recently had um, death rate, murder rates that, you know, are akin to war zones um, as far as the numbers and incredibly high numbers of unsolved homicides. So you do need to be very aware. However, right now, Again, in 2023, as it is right now, things felt very safe, but things could always change really rapidly. Basically, the way Bukele has been dealing with everything is very, very intense anti-congregation laws and chucking anyone who's associated with gangs in any way, shape or form into the prison system, labeling them as terrorists, giving them like thousand year sen sentences. And, um, you know, that is, quote unquote, cleaning up the streets quite effectively. However, it'll be interesting to see if the population continues kind of tolerating that sort of treatment for the people who are getting swept up who maybe don't deserve to be swept up and anyway I don't I don't necessarily need to get political here but it is um it does feel like the more I learn about what's going on in El Salvador and the more I read about its history going back even you know 100 years it is a place where you do want to just keep an eye on what's happening there um, and maybe join like uh, I'm in an expats in El Salvador Facebook group that's pretty good for getting a getting a figure on the pulse of where how things are at that exact moment. I will say though, even before Bukele took power, the touristy areas have always been pretty safe. Um, as Danielle and I wandered, you know, El Tunco and El Sunsal, these touristy areas, you know, it was always really safe. But there were a couple times where we went, you know, even just a couple blocks off the beaten path into an area that tourists would have absolutely no reason to go, um, you know, because we were taking a shortcut or going to his house or his friend's house or something. And he would kind of say offhand, like, yeah, you know, I would never would have taken you here a year ago or two years ago or, you know, it was really dangerous or like that house over there used to be an MS-13 destroyer or like, oh, this beach used to be controlled by the Ocho and I never could have gone here. So even in these really touristy areas that are very safe, you know, if you tried to go a couple blocks off the beaten path to maybe like try to find a, a quiet spot for some reason, um, 
you could very easily put yourself in hot water. Um, again, up until quite recently, right now, you know, hopefully things continue trending the way they are going safety-wise. So um, I have lots of thoughts, but, you know, I can't predict the future. So none of my thoughts are really that useful unless you're going to El Salvador very close to now um, because things just could change. My favorite camp spot overall, my two, I've already mentioned both of them. So one is atop Volcan Conchagua. Drop a link to that in the show notes. Um, that one you do have to pay for. Hypothetically, you're supposed to reserve it. We, I don't think you would need to. Um, I wouldn't bother necessarily. And then Rio Sapo. Um, and again, drop in a link to that. Um, it's called La Posa de la Culebra in Rio Sapo. Um, really, really lovely swimming hole. The river is cold. Um, and I'm not like like cold, cold, which is just really refreshing. It's a beautiful spot to swim. It's very remote. It's very quiet. We had like a couple cars pass us while we were there. Just a really, really lovely spot in the river. Bank is this rock that's very cool. It's um, got huge huecos in it, huge holes and like rivulets in the rock. So just a really fun place to explore. Okay, so my favorite hangout spot in El Salvador, you're not gonna be surprised to hear this, is El Sunsal. You've heard me record so many episodes from that area. And um, yeah, really lovely place. Great surfing. I spent most of my time at Surfers Inn. It's pretty dusty. It can be buggy. The showers are rustic, but it's got everything you need. It's walking distance to a couple different um, little spots in El Sunsal where you can get pupusas or pick up some basic groceries. And then not too far from El Tunco if you want to walk there to go to the fancier restaurants or pick up... um, more kind of intense groceries, more in-depth groceries, or you have to drive to La Libertad or take a bus if you need to go get anything more serious. But, you know, if you're only there for a week or so, you're going to be just fine. And yeah, I just, (laughs) Tio Antonio and his family there are really, really nice and make you feel right at home. And it's just, it's a lovely spot. Tons of mangoes, great access to the surfing. And mostly, you know, I was there for the surfing. Um, El Tunco is the town that's just a little bit over from El Sunsal, and it's very touristy, quite expensive. Um, I would not recommend spending a lot of time there. Staying there long term as a van lifer, um, I would probably try to stay in El Sunsal, and then you can go to El Tunco as you needed, as, as desired at night um, for dinner and partying or whatever. And then... Um, yeah, you know, again, mostly it's 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 worth it for the surf. It's really one of the best places in the world um, to learn to surf. And, um, you know, they have world surfing competitions there all the time. Really worth the stop. Um, the surf, in my understanding, is the best in what we would call winter in the northern hemisphere. So kind of like November to March or so. June, July, August, it got gets a lot choppier. And um, in the rainy season, it gets dirtier as well as far as like um, rainwater washing in. So um, then as far as miscellaneous tips, um, Ego Parque El Espino is a, is a nice camp spot right above San Salvador where you can cool off whenever you need. It's high enough up that the temperatures overnight are quite cool. There's good hiking trails. We were able to take the dogs and let them rip around off leash up there. It's just really, really delightful. So anytime we had anything that we had to do in San Salvador, we would go up either the day before or stay the day after, kind of depending on what time our appointments were and spend extra time there. And then we would spend the night at Ico Parque El Espino to, um, yeah, cool off, have a nice night. Um, Yeah. And I thought really hard about whether or not I could pick one story for my time in El Salvador. And honestly, I don't think I can. Um, You know, I did meet Danielle there and it's just, it feels like home to me. I love this country so much and I don't know really what I could say about it. 
but it's it's really worth a visit. I mean, the people are so friendly and open and welcoming and excited to have tourists there um, broadly. And, you know, it's just it's just a really, really lovely place to visit and very, very, very worthwhile. Um, and yeah, I'm really deeply in love with the country in a lot of a lot of intense and complicated and lovely ways. So, um, yeah, you know, if that's if that's something you're interested in, I hope that you have as good of an experience in El Salvador as I did. Um, and I hope that these tips are useful to you. Um, as always, uh, thank you for listening. If you'd like to keep in touch with my co-hosts, Eric and Colby, you can find them online at engineerswhovanlife.com or on Instagram at engineerswhovanlife. You can find me on Instagram at Collies Without Borders. We'll be back next week. Bye.